Ultra. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, One Mock Strangling at a Time. Oh, God. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today from That Minute is Niall McGowan. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm always on board for a mock strangling, so very excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> so today we're talking about Minute 213, which starts with Frodo finishing his line from yesterday. He's, he uh, he says Frodo wouldn't have got far without Sam, and it ends with Gollum crawling on the ground saying, "Kill him, kill him." <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tick sense. If you have one note about the first part of this minute, which is that the forest scene was a pickup uh-huh. until here, like the the conversation between Frodo and Sam was shot in pickups. Yeah, I can imagine though, because like the. The scene, the segment with Gollum is so much, it's so well done. If you told me that was done in pickup, I'd be like, what, really? Jesus, that's amazing. No, it was actually one of the first things they filmed with Andy Serkis as Gollum. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, They did that, and then it was one of the, it was, Peter Jackson says it was either the first or one of the first uh, Gollum effect shots that was given to Weta to do. Yeah. And it was the last one they finished. Mm. Really? Oh. Because it was so complicated. Yeah. At the uh, in the in the commentary, Peter Jackson says that he believed this to be the longest continuous shot of a CG character in a movie at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is pretty much all one long shot for about two minutes and ten seconds. Mm. Mm. I'd actually say the uh, <laughs> this is almost like we've just brushed past like the actual minute, <laughs> but like let's talk about the end of the minute and then into the next minute because uh, of that. There is a during that whole segment of Gollum going to kill him, kill him, kill them both. Like the camera work going down, swooping in through there and stuff. Even today, that's like, this is really impressive that they've, that they've rendered this. Like, it's just so, mm-hmm. yeah. consider now this is what, like 16 years ago or something? So it's like, you know, bravo. I mean, ostensibly, <laughs> this was filmed in 99. Holy crap. That's, 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 yeah, well. Like, it's kind of crazy to think that this was filmed almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> like, like rendered. Not rendered, but like the camera work and stuff uh-huh. and like the way that this is all mapped because this is done this is a handheld. Mm. This is done with a handheld that they then matched. Mm. <laughs> like the original footage is done with a handheld and then they had to match it with a tracked cam. That's crazy. There must have been so, like so many people on the sets and stuff too. Like, you know, if you had no idea like I guess in '99 as well. You maybe maybe you just kind of caught wind of like Jar Jar as like oh it's a, an entirely CGI character. This is what we can do with technology now. But if you're just like the boom mic guy or something, or just like some of the just random people on set, and you're seeing this this actor covered in like weird balls just writhing around the floor, and then they're doing this big whole big shot, you'd be looking at this, been like, there's no way this is gonna work. Like this just looks ridiculous. They, they're saying this is going to come off looking all oh, like a seamless creature that they're going to make later on somewhere down the line. And then just the fact that Peter Jackson probably there knowing the people are thinking that and been like, no, 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 no it's, it's all going to work out, guys. Don't you worry. Fingers crossed. This is all going to pay right? off in the end. I was like, oh, he's got, guys, got, he's, got, uh, he's got some gumption. It's like, that's a very, 
It's a very brave thing to do. It'd be like, yeah, I am certain that this is going to work properly. And this really, really could have blown up in his face. Because <laughs> they basically had to film this whole section with Gollum here, this this scene, uh, three times. Once with Andy Serkis doing the movements in the actual forest where they filmed it. Once with nothing there and just trying to follow the track. And then a third time with a studio replica of this whole deal to do the mocap on. That's what? Because you have to do mocap like in a controlled environment. Oh, yeah. So they had to measure it all out and like build kind of a replica of this space with the camera on the same track and have Andy Circus do mocap to match again. That's awesome. And then they have to take all the footage they filmed and then speed sync it so that it actually follows him at the right speed across all the dialogue and the motions. Uh-huh. And there's a couple of moments where the camera moves too fast and you can you can see it. You can see the motion blur of it being sped up in the background of the shot. Not in this minute, but uh, right at the beginning of next minute, there's some of it. You can see some motion blur when the camera speeds up to follow Gollum. (laughs) I still imagine, like, Bob Shea and, like, the guys at New Line. Even still now, they're still breathing a sigh of relief. Like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Like, that that all worked out okay. (laughs) So back then to be like, oh yeah, just give this guy all this money. It's like, what's he, what's he doing? How many times do you have to do this effect? How many extras does he need? Oh, man, I really hope this movie works. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Speaking of like random budget things and like how much the movie costs, um, Chris Henna in the commentary, uh, she, she, her and Dan are talking about the backpacks. Oh my god! They're talking about the Hobbit backpacks in the commentary. Yeah, and they talk about how they originally uh, they'd planned for. Uh, I, she calls out a number. It's it's a it's a double digit number, and then she's just like, "But we wound up making a hundred and thirty nine Hobbit backpacks? backpacks, Hobbit backpacks for scale doubles and the the seven units that we're filming and all this stuff." Wow! They made a hundred and thirty nine backpacks for hobbits. So where is Frodo's backpack? Yeah, where is it? <laughs> it's disappeared. What happened to it? <laughs> Because maybe he's just getting like oh, Sam's in a good mood. Let's see if I get him to carry it for me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just 139 backpacks, and they lost track of Frodo somewhere into <laughs> this movie. I hope I'm not just going crazy. I haven't gone to look at any scenes from Return of the King, but I'm pretty sure he has a backpack in Return of the <laughs> um, King. We will find out next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, they don't tell you is that actually some of those backpacks were uh, biker mice from Mars backpacks that they, they brought in. <laughs> Because in the 90s, it was popular. And they're like, this this thing is going to stand the test of time. And then Weta had to go and digitally erase all the logos from those backpacks <laughs> in post-production. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, my uh, God. But at the, going back, I guess, to the beginning of this minute, the sentiment that Sam, that uh, Frodo is expressing here is so wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they don't hug. Yeah. This is a thing. I want them to hug. Like, cause, you know, nowadays you do see a lot more of, um, like, you know, things, things pop up in your social media about, like, you should be encouraging men to share their emotions more and just let all the things out. And all the, you know, suicide rates of men are, you know, inextricably higher and all this kind of business because of bottling in emotions. And I guess there is something to be said for it because, like, as nice as this scene is, if I was in, like, like the any of the positions here, 
I would be just very uncomfortable of like someone paying me such a warm compliment and stuff. I don't know if it's just me that I just like someone saying something this nice about me. I'd just be very like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't know how to deal with it. Oh, it just seems very like, oh, because it just, it's, I guess maybe in the strenuous situation at this point, they're just like, oh, I'll just let everything out. Let's not even try to hide yeah. anything anymore. But like, I, I would be very, like, feeling very awkward about it. I'd just be like, well, so where's that going? You know, <laughs> like just trying to change the subject. <laughs> Really, really quickly. <laughs> that is true. I'm really bad at, at um, accepting people's compliments. I just get all awkward and I'm like, uh, thanks. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> Let's do something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I've even found this like through hosting like Batman and stuff. Because you always, you know, you have the, your, your listeners' pages and stuff, and you're like, oh, I always appreciate feedback. And if the feedback's nice, I'm always like, oh, I don't know. I'm always kind of glad I'm by myself when I read it because it's like, I don't know. This is, it just feels weird, someone paying you a compliment to be like, to saying, good job. I was like, oh, cheers. You know, I don't ever know how to, what to write back to people. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, thanks for, you know, thanks for the download and stuff. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, man, it's just, Frodo wouldn't have got far without Sam. Mm. Yeah. So he wouldn't even get, they definitely wouldn't get up that freaking mountain without him later on as well. So yeah, he's even saying this early in the day. He's like, you have no idea how much you're going to need this guy in like 20 oh. minutes. In Frodo. I was being serious. So was I. And he turns around. And when Sam says, Sam likes the brave, Frodo hears him and smiles. Yeah. I really like that little moment. Mm. So, it's just like, aw, cute. So I do like the, um, there's a very deliberate contrast here as well. The fact that they're having this nice warm moment between two long-term friends and stuff. And it goes into like, you know, the, the the music's very nice and lilting and whatnot. And then as soon as it's cutting over to Smeagol, it kind of, the music starts to go into this wane. And then you're seeing this one, this one person who his only friend is himself. And that's also his worst enemy. <laughs> it's just like, it's nice right. deliberate contrast between these, you know, the three people that are there. That the well, I guess kind of four people that are there, but <laughs> the four personalities, yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Just don't ask Smeagol to do it. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, just like you know, it was obviously because you know how late in the day that this kind of they decided that this was going to be like the end of the movie. Because I know obviously there would have been some point that had to make a massive decision of like. Well, all the stuff that people know from the book at the end of the two towers, that ain't going in. Like so, right? The, the, they knew pretty early on they weren't going to do Shelob. Yeah, in the second one. In the in the second movie, because think about going through everything we've gone through in this movie now, and then exhausted, and then putting <laughs> Shelob at the end. Yeah, <laughs> like taking the the twenty five minutes out of Return of the King that encompass Sam versus the big spider, <laughs> and putting it here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just tacking it on the end. You have a two hour and fifty minute, a three hour and fifty minute movie. <laughs> it gives a, not the Return of the King isn't that long, right? Right. Yeah, I think yeah, it would be just uh, yeah, one exhausting. I think two, it just has a, a bit more of a nice uh, arc in that movie then, because like you're ending here with them on a, on good terms, and then literally throughout the Return of the King, you see the perceived betrayal that uh, you know Frodo thinks it's happened, and then. The fact that like they kind of go, they're on the outs for a bit, and then of course Sam really steps up, and then they go into like then it's essentially like oh the final leg of the journey. But then if you literally right. all you had was just like yep yeah, the final leg of the journey, <laughs> it would have been a bit bit of a dull not dull movie because there's loads going on, 
but uh, it wouldn't have been much of a an arc for the characters, well, for these two characters in that movie anyway. If they're just like, yep, we're just we started off in pretty good terms, and yeah, and then we're going to end <laughs> on those same good terms, <laughs> right? Because if you do if you do Shelob in movie two, where do you end it? Mm-hmm. Where do you like where? What do you consider the end of that? Right. Like, do you end before Sam kills Shelob? Do you end with Sam picking up the ring in the vial of Galadriel and then being like? Well, I'm going to do this now because Frodo is dead. Like, what do, where do you end it? Yeah. Because if you were going to do it, that seems to me like the place where you would end it. It's just like swerving everybody who hasn't read the story and thinking <laughs> that Sam's going to finish the journey. Oh, my God. <laughs> just like, like all the posters then. It's, it's just a big poster of Sam. <laughs> and it's like, there's no mention of Elijah Woodman in the movie. He's like, oh, here's a, here's a twist for you guys. Sam with the ring around his neck, holding the file, the the vial, and Sting, and it's just like, here we go. Yeah, if they had ended it there, then would they have spoiled that Frodo is still alive, like they did with like the Gandalf? With Gandalf, I mean, they would have had to probably because of like actor negotiations. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ian McKellen is first. Oh, okay. So he's like second. Yeah, that's. uh, I do always remember that. Then like, there's that thing though of if the, the the the. difference between you know people book readers and film viewers and stuff because i imagine there must have had to have been a decision at some point about gandalf to be like do we just let it out to the bag that he's that he's in this one because <laughs> right you know because i remember at the time he was all over the freaking magazine covers and stuff and everything so uh but of course then the book readers they would have all known like oh, of course gandalf's coming back but the, the people who were new to the films that they perceive this like, why you why you tell me that for? Like, why, why why would you keep? Why would you let that out of the bag so early on? Right. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, it it seems like a weird sort of decision to have to make. Maybe that is why they put that that scene with the Balrog at the very beginning that I hate because they're just like, ah, oh, Gandalf's technically in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. That's oh true. maybe. <laughs> I know, Maybe I know they're gonna. I think I, I'm fairly certain it must have been the reason they did it. Is that I don't know. Do you guys uh, watch Twin Peaks at all or? Not? No, that's one we haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> uh, but it's it's great. Like one of my all time favorite shows. It's a hard one to pitch now with this third season because the third season's like so different. Like a third season mm. is. It was made as an 18 hour movie, and it it plays like an 18 hour. What? <laughs> it, yeah, it was. I think it was even like nominated for like best pictures and stuff in certain certain awards categories because uh, wow. it was all filmed as one big long 18 hour movie and they just have like yep here's a credit sequence there you go and that's that's the end of this episode but it was designed to be watched all in an 18 hour stint and uh i think they had things uh it must have been a legal requirement because um at the end of every episode the first credit that comes up say- says starring kyle mclaughlin so that means like, oh, well, Cal McLaughlin has to be in every episode. And if you've got him starring at, at the end credits and there's one episode where he doesn't feature except for one 20 second scene of him playing catch with a kid <laughs> and the kid just throws a ball and hits him in the head and he doesn't even say anything. But it's like it almost feel like they just put that in just to be like, yep, he's in the episode. So we can it's still so put funny. starring Cal McLaughlin at the end. As, as far as I'm aware, like the the order of billing in a movie is all negotiated ahead of time by like the actors' agents and the studio and everything. Yeah, yeah, I think like the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Has so stuff. then the the studio and the Screen Actors Guild come to a decision about who gets top billing. So, you know, starring Ian McKellen, Elijah Wood, mm-hmm. and then all this other stuff. I would have thought though that uh, McKellen, 
he might have been the type to be like, oh, don't don't tell anybody I'm in this one though. Like, let it let let it be a surprise. Like maybe he would have been comfortable just been like, I'll take a backseat in the promos and stuff as well, so you can have this reveal for your audience. Like, uh, I know that uh, one person I know who did do that. And it's unfortunate now because you could have to bring him up in any kind of nice terms. But with uh, when they made seven, and obviously at the end of seven is revealed that the killer is Kevin Spacey. And apparently at the time, Kevin Spacey was a star in the rise. And he says, don't, I think he told the people, like, don't put my name in the poster. Don't put me in any of the trailers and stuff. Because you know, people come in thinking Kevin Spacey's supposed to be in this movie. And I don't show up in the first 50 minutes. They're going to be like, the killer is Kevin Spacey. So right. and at the time, way back when, when you were, when it was okay to like Kevin Spacey, I was like, oh, what a, what, <laughs> what a, what a good thing for him to do. But now I was like, oh, yeah, it is still, it's a nice move for him to move as a for the sake of the film i just wish it had been with an actor who wasn't a complete scumbag so right uh kind of wish if, if ian mckellen had done that we could have had a nice story about him but no he, him <laughs> and his agents had to get the top billing oh. <laughs> it is what it is yeah <laughs> it's crazy to think that at the time that this this scene was filmed though that this is like the longest continuous shot with a, oh, CG, a cg character, character? yeah now that Andy Serkis has done, like, all three Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any continuous shots of him longer than... There's got to be continuous shots of him longer than two minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like the third one... Two minutes least. is a long time, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, and what counts as a continuous I'm shot? Sh- I'm sure. Yeah. Man, that third movie was a... Uh, was real... <sighs> was a hell of a third movie. Yeah. <laughs> But the third uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a that, that movie was a drag, man. <laughs> like, so, like, uh, the uh, best. I don't know if like, I've, I've only saw that one the once. I remember been because it wasn't as good as the second one. So I remember having a little bit of like, eh, yeah, it was okay, I guess. Uh, but I remember loving the second one so much. I've been like, holy crap, that had everything. And then the fact that yeah, the third one it is such a drag, and it's just like, yep, they're just going through. This prisoner of war camp business, and it says it's yep. war for the planet of the apes, but there's like there's a lot. It's more just like being a prisoner within the planet of the apes for like ninety percent of the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and here's Woody Harrelson being Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> I remember too, like yeah, the, the I guess it was designed to show you that like he's a hard character, like he's oh this guy's tough. It's like Woody Harrelson shaving his head with a straight razor with his shirt off, and clearly like. Sub zero temperatures, just wandering around, just idly shaving the top of his head. It's like that would have been so uncomfortable. Why would you right? do that to yourself? It's <laughs> such a, it's such a good shot, though. <laughs> I guess maybe that's his thing too, to be like, yep, maybe he's doing it for the people around him. It's like that's right. I don't give a crap. I'm, yeah, of course, I'm shaving out in the the open air with my shirt off, even though it probably completely frees me to death within seconds. <laughs> Look at how macho I am. <laughs> He's doing that yep. thing too, though, because like I, you know, actually had a receded hairline back when I was, you know, in my early twenties. So I've shaved my head for years, and the fact mm-hmm. that he's like he's doing it when there's there's nothing there. It's like why why bother today? Like <laughs> just let it grow out for a little bit, dude. But he's like, no, every morning, <laughs> even though there's nothing but skin there, I have to get out an actual razor blade and scrape it along my bare scalp. <laughs> Just I know to it's make winter. Sure. Like, yeah. Keep your keep your head warm. If you don't want people to see your receded hairline, Woody, just wear a hat for the day or something. <laughs> <laughs> a hat makes it more approachable. <laughs> 
He's like got to get that straight razor out. <laughs> See, I was trying to, uh, have, he has a weapon in his hand while he's shaving his head. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Just so wander th- around with a switchblade. The monkey then. sneaks Holy up crap. on him. He can cut its throat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I gotcha. Huh. That's, that's the thing, the though. The good monkey's a dead monkey. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, though. Like, Because um, nowadays, Andy Circus is obviously everywhere. Like, he's a guy you just you cannot get away from him. Like, he's mm-hmm. dipping his toe into every pond. Because like, he's. I think even now he's... Um, Last I heard, he's in talks to be in the new Batman movie. And it would seem as like, because it's kind of appropriate because we're doing Batman Returns in a minute. Obviously, features the Penguin as the one yeah. of the main villains. And then no one's confirmed what Andy Serkis is playing. But it does seem like there's been rumblings that the Penguin's in it. And then it's like, well, who better to play the Penguin? And you oh, got Andy Serkis right there. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's like, a- yeah. Andy Serkis can do that. Yeah, I, could, I totally believe Andy Serkis is the Penguin. And he doesn't have to be CG. He just has to do a voice. Yeah, he just has to show up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the thing, though, because you still do see a lot of him in CG. But then you get, like, the Marvel movies. It's like, no, you're just seeing Andy Serkis. But mm-hmm. like, I, I remember the time when like when this came out uh, between... I don't think it was... It was between Fellowship and The Two Towers is when uh, 24-Hour Party People came out. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. It's like... Um, it's a great, great movie, but it's like it's about the the Mad Chester scene, where basically the cultural movement in the late seventies through the early nineties in the huh. in Manchester, where that's where uh, Joy Division they kind of came out of the Mad Chester scene, and then they made like the Hacienda Club, and there was a whole sort of thing, and it goes through like uh, New Order and the Happy Mondays and like Acid House and stuff like that. But uh, oh, cool. it's got Steve Coogan, you know, the guy who plays like Alan Partridge and stuff. He's uh he's the main character, but there's a record producer in it, uh, called Martin Hannett. It's like it's all a true story, so this guy actually existed. Very eccentric mm-hmm. re- record producer, and he was played by Andy Circus. And I remember at the time when I saw it, been very very excited because I didn't have access just like to the internet back then. This is like about 2001, so mm-hmm. I was just like oh, and then find out like the guy who plays Gollum is going to be in this movie, so you're going to get to see what he looks like. And then see in twenty four hour party people, you don't really get to see what he looks like because he's essentially Slash without the hat. He's just got the big long curly hair over his face and big sunglasses. And so I was for a good a long while. I was just kind of like, I, I, this guy, he's playing Gollum, and then he's kind of what he looks like. But I've also <laughs> not actually seen Andy Circus either. <laughs> so it was a very odd time, but like, I think afterwards, though, he started showing up on like award that's shows funny. and things like that. But you're like, oh, no, that's what he looks like. When yeah, because people were really lobbying for him to get an Oscar for his performance as Gollum, but it didn't happen. Right. He still should should have though. That's one of those things. Like, yeah, 100, you know, completely deserving of an award for that for for an Oscar for that performance because of just everything he's doing. Is like he's he's absolutely blowing people blowing people away. Uh, but yeah, I just remember that has been a very odd period of time where it's like the mysterious Andy Circus. Who is this guy? What does he know? He's just like a he's like a cryptid. <laughs> Have you seen him? He is it's a just cryptid. like blurry pictures of him in the background of places. <laughs> it's like Andy Circus is actually that knight behind uh, Gandalf in the other scene where he just saw him. Just... He's just wearing a wig. <laughs> You thought it was gambling, but no, it was Gollum. <laughs> Ooh. But yeah, I think we can we can talk about more of this uh, this scene with Gollum mm-hmm. tomorrow. 
Right now, he's just wicked Trixie Faults, and he's strangling a tree branch. <laughs> we should wring his neck. We should wring his neck. I guess, yeah, because we, we did talk about it on the Monday episode, but yeah, so I guess he is ahead of them, but they think yeah. he's behind them, so they're kind of looking around for him. I guess that's the setup we've got here, but... Yeah. Because they're lost. They're all turned around. They have no idea where they're going. Yeah. You wonder how he knows. Gollum knows. Yeah. That's a, it is impressive, his inner compass. That, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just in a random forest, but, like, I don't know where I'm going. Like, I was... Especially for living under a mountain for, like, the past 500 years. And then when he left Mordor, he was tortured. So, ostensibly, he was weak, yeah. re- diminished, and just left Mordor. Well, I mean, he is kind of, like, weak and diminished here, too. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, more so. He He's was got tortured. Beat up. I guess in, like, some of the original part of this uh, scene, some of the stuff that got cut, he was uh, talking about his poor, poor hands when thinking Aww. about going back to Mordor. Oh, no. Because they tortured his hands. Right, right. Mm. <laughs> Did they know we see his hands? Yeah, they see his hands. But, like, there was this thing where they were going to, like, establish more that, like, they tortured his hands mm. in in Mordor. That's horrible. Yeah. But it, uh, it is horrible. <laughs> I definitely wonder, though, like, some, there was, like, a deleted scene of Gollum talking to somebody else, and they're just like, how do you know where you're going to get to Mordor? And he's like, here's my trick. You see over in the distance that big red cloud with, like, all the <laughs> lightning and stuff? That's where Mordor is. <laughs> I'm just walking <laughs> towards that. These idiot hobbits, they don't know that. They're just like, oh, it looks like bad weather's coming. <laughs> like, oh, and they're just like, well, how do you know where the, the stairs of Kirith Ungol are? How do you know to get there? I'm just like, well... When you find the giant green tower, <laughs> you have you found where you need to go. It's just to the left. You just head south <laughs> until you find it. <laughs> Follow the mountains. Again, that Can't was one of those, those things that, like, I think we talked about the last time I was on the show about the, like, when I was reading the books, they introduced the Mouth of Sauron, and it's like, oh, the Mouth of Sauron is a an emissary. He's just a guy who shows up, and I am speaking on behalf of Sauron. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Peter Jackson gets a hold of him. He is a guy with a giant mouth. And I was like, yep, that's the <laughs> way no Peter Jackson eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I remember always thinking with the, yeah, the, steer, the stairs of Kirith Ungol. For some reason, I just thought, like, oh, it's a kind of a slight formation in the mountains that looks a bit like stairs. Whereas mm-hmm. Peter Jackson's like, nope, literally stairs. They're giants, <laughs> giant stairs. <laughs> it's like, I thought he was still kind of like climbing. And there's a slight bit that just, it's almost like a staircase, but it's not quite like, no. It's an actual staircase that's in the mountain. <laughs> yeah, because if it was an actual staircase, why would it be... Treacherous. Tre- why, well, it would still be treacherous because of where it is. Oh, I guess. But, like, why would it be so hidden if there's an actual staircase? Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be a secret stair. Like, I have a I have a print of a painting of the Morgul Vale and Frodo and Sam climbing up a cliff face. Yeah, that's what that's what kind of stuff I assumed was going to be happening. <laughs> but and but. and Minas Morgul looks like uh the queen from a game of chess in the distance <laughs> in this this print that I have. But it's Peter yeah. Jack- Peter Jackson is not one for subtlety though. Like, like he does both though. Like he both takes the text and it just like literally interprets what it says. <laughs> and then also takes like extreme liberties with other parts of the text. That's one thing it's I like, do. Oh, this guy is the mouth of Sauron. Oh, he's literally a mouth. <laughs> That's the thing, though. I, I wonder now. Uh, maybe you guys. I don't know if you've had your hands on like more recent editions of the books or stuff and stuff. But because I remember, uh, obviously, read the books before the films came out, and you can see like there's things in like illustrated versions of Lord of the Rings where they show you like the 
like we call them the fell beasts that the the Nazgul are riding, and they they look exactly like the look in the movie. It's like that's where they got the idea was that they took it from these illustrated editions. At least I think so. And then um, has it been long enough now, or is it so deeply entrenched in the public's consciousness? Of like this is what Lord of the Rings looks like now. The people have done illustrated versions of the book since, where it's been like, no, Gollum, we've got Gollum looking different, and we've got like Frodo doesn't look like Elijah Wood, and yeah, like Minas Morgul looks like something completely different, and like, or is it still at this stage? It's left such an impact that if you get anything to do with Lord of the Rings, it's like no, it's going to look like the Peter Jackson iteration of Lord of the Rings. Well, uh. New Line certainly feels that way. Otherwise, The Hobbit wouldn't look like it did. Yeah. yeah. Or the, I mean, and like the Amazon spinoff show, they've spent like millions of dollars already trying to get all the New Line props and costumes Yeah, to buy all the stuff. New Line props and costumes so. and everything. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, yeah, there's going to be like another 40 years before you might get someone going, I've done a new version of the, I've drawn new right. pictures for Lord of the Rings and it doesn't look <laughs> like anything you've seen before. Well, because like, Peter Jackson... Uh, and the producers of these movies based the look of these films on things on illustrations that were twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. So again, right. yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess it's just up to the, the the general public then. Like, if you want, you know, Sam Samwise Gamgee to be played by someone other than Sean Astin, you got to do it <laughs> in your head because the, the 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 you know the John Q public that is the character now and will be until an inevitable reboot like in. 30 years time or like we're remaking lord of the rings or whatever so. i don't i don't think you could you you could never remake these movies that's, i don't think you can that's what like, they know like would I they guess. ever remake star wars like if you don't think they would ever remake star wars they're never going to remake these I, I do remember a time though that's when they were like remaking things like uh you know point break and stuff and like what are you doing this for and then like robocop was remade and you're like why are you doing that? and then the one thing that people always said was like I mean, it's not going to get that bad. They're not going to, like, remake, like, Ghostbusters or something. And then they did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it happened. And it's like, now the current one is like, you'll never remake Back to the Future. But that's only because Robert Zemeckis has made it so you can't remake it while he's alive. So it's like, right. as soon as he's dead, they probably will. So even saying things like, oh, you, they'll never remake Star Wars. Because a lot of people say, like, well, they did. The Force Awakens is a remake of A New Hope, essentially. So you could be like, oh, they'll never remake Lord of the Rings. But, like, you give them time, they'll be like... You know, those, uh, those Peter Jackson movies are starting to look a bit dusty over there, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's been, it's been 40 years, and they haven't really remade Star Wars. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. Like, yeah, Ghostbusters is closer than that. Ghostbusters was made in the 80s. Right. <laughs> well, things like now they're still trying to do, like, remakes of, like, The Crow and stuff. And it's like, it's just, it's just it's barely in the ground, this thing. Why are you... T- don't yeah don't don't remake the crow the last guy that started the crow died just yeah. let it oh. let it lie just yeah. although seemingly they can't remake it though every everything they've put into it has been like always leads to a, a false end it's getting to that point now like if you eventually make this movie it's just gonna be like just get it over with just get it out like that's all we don't care if it's any good anymore we just we've been planning <laughs> we've had this freaking crow remake on the docket for so long just put whoever in it and just get it out already <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if they would ever remake these, but I feel like, I mean, it doesn't really count as a remake because it's already based on a book. Yeah, but I I don't, they're never going to make another adaptation of these books, I don't think. Really? Like, this is the definitive Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I think it's just going to be. Huh. Okay. Like, 
one, I don't think any studio is willing to pay enough money to produce a movie that's going to compare to these. Because, like, Star Wars is one thing because Star Wars is, like, an, an original thing. Um, yeah. It's not based on anything. I mean, aside from, like, every Western storytelling trope. But, like... Oh, and a lot of Eastern <laughs> ones, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, every storytelling like, trope. Like, Darth Vader is a samurai. In space. Uh. In a blunder. But, like, I don't... I don't know. Like, I just... Part of it is that I don't think any studio is going to be willing to spend the amount of money. Amazon? Amazon's spending like a billion dollars. They're making a series. Yeah, but like... Which is a little different. Yeah. And they're not remaking this story. Yeah. Well, it has only been 15 years, so... Yeah. I mean, how many Spider-Man reboots have we had inside 15 years? (laughs) (laughs) Touché. I could almost imagine it, though, that would be... The way they to do it, though, would be like if they hadn't already established, like, no, this is in within the same uh, universe as these movies that this series we're doing. But like that would have been the crafty way of remaking it. Would have been like, yes, we're doing like a, a Middle Earth TV show, and look at season four. It seems as if we're just sort of remaking Lord of the Rings now. Like that's <laughs> that's what they did with like. And the thing is, like, I absolutely love the show, but like Hannibal, the TV show, starts right. off like, oh, it's just a thing. It's a, it's a it's its own entity, and then all of a sudden, mid season two, it's just like, yeah, we're we're establishing this whole this whole Mason Verger storyline that you've already seen on screen, and then season three is just like, here's Hannibal the movie. Oh, by the way, here's Red Dragon afterwards. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we yeah. craftily we're remade just the whole thing. Backdoor remaking Red Dragon. That's yeah. really been <laughs> the whole point the whole time. <laughs> so I can really imagine where we're going. I can imagine they actually died. I, I, I still have my suspicions at this point. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. But, like, that Watchmen TV show that's coming, too. I have a feeling that's going to oh. secretly turn into a Watchmen remake that's just have, that just managed to, like, slyly slip it under you. Like, well, it's uh, isn't it, it's starting off about the original Minutemen, isn't it? I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, can ima- I imagine, though, it probably will turn into, like, there'll be a lot of allusions to things you know. And then by season three, you'll yeah. be like, oh, hey. By the way, we're just Watchmen now. Yeah, we're yeah. caught up in the timeline to when Watchmen starts. So, hey, we're doing that now. <laughs> Might as well. But, like, I think that what's going to... Because I don't think they're ever going to remake those Harry Potter movies either. Oh, they will. For sure. They will. I, I don't think so. I think they're just gonna years. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing and just make more stuff in that world, which is exactly what's going to happen in Lord of the Rings. <sighs> because, like, the, the greater lore of Lord of the Rings is so full of stories to tell. Like, it, it's going to be... And because of Peter Jackson, it became mainstream enough to actually go off and do some of that stuff. And that's what's going to start happening with this Amazon series. And now fantasy is popular enough because of, like, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. that it it's just going to be a thing Amazon is going to pursue now. Like, I don't think for a second that they're going to – I don't think they're going to go into Lord of the Rings of this, this young Aragorn story. They're just going to get to a certain point, and then they're going to start telling other stories about other characters. Hmm. Oh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll find out eventually. We will find out. Yeah. I'm just waiting for some sort of scene, though. There's going to be like a little nudge about Lord of the Rings in it, though. There's going to be some right. something about like, oh, Strider, like, uh, sure, your your sh- your sword looks as if it might suddenly shatter apart at some point, and you're like, <laughs> eh, eh. something obviously, oh, presumably, like the- hopefully, better than that. <laughs> but like Legolas and Thranduil at the end of the third Hobbit movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a I ranger and scrubbed the, that movie. Go to Rivendell. Oh, there's oh, someone oh. there for you to speak to. At the time, <laughs> uh, at the time, Aragorn is like eight years old or something. No, because he he would no. have been thirty ish, thirty three. 
Oh yeah, he's uh, how old he's is he? He's eighty-seven. He's it's sixty some odd years ago. Oh, I thought it was like fifty. Uh, Bilbo turned fifty-five riding down the river, and he's hundred and eleven. His fellowship opens, and then it's seventeen more years before right, Frodo right, right, meets right. Aragorn. So seventeen. What's one hundred? What's one eleven minus fifty-five? You are asking the wrong person. <laughs> it's asking the all, wrong it's people. Six, it's <laughs> it's sixty some odd. It's uh sixty five. No, sixty six. It's sixty six. What's sixty six plus seventeen? <laughs> it's uh seventy eighty three. Okay. Aragorn is five. <laughs> <laughs> hey Legolas, pick on this kid for me. <laughs> because Aragorn is eighty eight. 87. 87. So he was four. <laughs> I think the, the prequels just have to have this little... No, we have to have everything linked directly back back in straight away. Because I don't know if you guys... I'm assuming you guys have seen Solo. Because, you know, everybody did. But, um, like, at the end of that, they have to have... There's no there's no need for it. But it's just like, they have to have a little thing about, like, Hey, I heard about this gangster who's got a job and he's doing... That's just alluding to, like, Jabba the Hutt. And you're like, right. why? Why are you doing like? Surely, I assume Jabba the Hutt was like in ten years' time. Why? Is, oh right. no, it's happening now apparently. And then your whole what, thing is chasing like, Han Solo for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the whole thing as well. It's just like, so is this? Was there more adventures between him and Lando, or was this it? Because I sort of had the idea that they hung around each other a lot. But you seem right. to be like very set on being like, yep, we're almost going to dovetail directly into a new hope now. I was like. Why are you doing that? Why, why did you just leave it lying? You just what? What's going on? Oh well. The thing is, I actually liked Solo as well, but that was a thing that bugged me. Of like, you just you don't have to tie everything in directly. I guess they could right. say like, maybe this is his first job with Jabba, and he works for him for like twenty years or something. But you know, there's a. Uh, it, it it irked me somewhat when I saw it. It's been like you don't need that. You don't need right. anything that cutesy. Like you've already had enough cutesy things in this thing. So plus, I think like doing all the really obvious tie-ins is just kind of insulting to your audience because like if they're seeing this and they have like no context for what it ties into, I don't right? know why they're seeing it. At, like right. why is Darth Maul in Solo? <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even see that movie, but I found that out because the internet flipped their crap about oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, there is a, a Star thing. Wars fan and went crazy. Yeah. There's a thing now, too. Like, not only is like, internet spoilers getting harder and harder to not talk about, the big thing is is that there's now meme pages and, like, uh, I don't know if you guys are allowed to swear on here, but, like, shit posting pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a yeah. member of like, quite a few of these. And... The thing is, as soon as you see the film and you start thinking of memes, you're like, I gotta get this out. So you start making them, but you're like, well, the spoiler wall's up. So it's like, I could have like a really sweet, you know, Darth Maul and Solo meme. That's like, do I have to wait for the- How long do I have to wait till I can post this? Do I have to go and hide it in comments somewhere? Like, what's going on? It's just gonna make the rounds no matter what. Just let it free. Just yeah, it, yeah. let it be free. If it's taken out of context, if it's like taken out of context, depending on the kind of joke, it's not really a spoiler. I don't consider I don't consider still images spoilers generally. No, well, I think because though, totally that, devoid of context, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I thought so. A lot of people are very very sensitive about spoilers, though. Like I've I've uh, been subject yeah. to the wrath 
of many people where I've just been like, I just casually yeah. mentioned a thing. Or like, it's too much information. It's like, it's just the movie. Just calm down. Like, it doesn't matter. Again, I'm reading The Dark Tower. I know how it's going to end, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still <Right>? enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, I'm just, every major study that's ever been done about spoilers shows that having something spoiled increases your enjoyment of the thing. Mm. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> they should have just had Darth Maul on the poster for Solo. It's like, here it is. This is the guy yeah. you want to see, right? I'm like, wow, like, he's in this. Not until the end. <laughs> like every study that's ever been done about the, the spoiler effect. Well, they haven't talked to me. So. <laughs> like points to it being a positive because it changes the way your expectations are set mm. and primes you to experience the movie like in a different way. Because if you're not worried about waiting for plot-relevant things to happen, you also sometimes become more invested in smaller things in the movie. I guess I just watch movies weird. I don't know. It's it's one of those things. And, like, spoilers don't bother me most of the time. Depending on the kind of story, a spoiler can bother me. A, a, an action set-piece movie? I don't care. Talk about it all you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing earth-shattering is going to happen in an action movie. Right. If it's, like, a thriller, though, like... And even then, that depends. The, like, the... I knew what happened at the end of Seven before I saw it for the first time, and I still loved it. Mm. And Usual Suspects. I knew who the bad guy was in that movie, Kevin too. Kevin Spacey. Right. Imagine Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Kevin Spacey sitting listening to the podcast now like, you did. Oh, damn it. <laughs> it was in vain. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, spoilers just generally, I'm just like, yeah, sure. And a lot of times when I watch the movie knowing what, what's going to happen because of the spoiler, I pick up on the things that are like clues that they laid specifically for that thing. Mm. And I, was, I don't think I would have if I didn't know that. We're also in a weird period as well where, like, even if it's not a spoiler, the like fan theories and stuff have reached such a fever pitch that they've uh, they kind of they thrust them upon you. Like, proper publications will throw out fan theories in the middle of a season of a TV show that'll turn out to be true. And then because it's in your head that this is probably what's going to happen... You're kind of like, oh, so that was it. Like the, the, the one in particular, uh, uh, I know is in Westworld. Uh, I won't go into the spoilers in case people listening haven't seen Westworld. But the, in season one, there was speculation about a character turning out to be another character, and there being something to do with time. And like that was such a popular fan theory that headlines were put in. Like this is why this character is this character in Westworld, and we'll go. This article <laughs> explain why. And I was like, I didn't want to know that though. <laughs> like I was yeah. happy just watching the show, but now the entire time I'm watching it, going like, it probably is going to turn out to be him. Yeah, and it did. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, it didn't do anything wrong. I guess technically because they're like, well, it's not a spoiler because we don't know either. But we're just saying. I was like, why are you thrusting it in the headline though? As like mm-hmm. you need this is the clickbait. This thing is what's going to happen, we think. And now you've got that in your head is what's going to happen. And then it turns out to be the truth. And it's like, ah. Oh. Right. It's weird. It's like it's like Inception spoilers. It's like spoilers that are working double time or something. <laughs> Everything's getting so complex now. <laughs> like, oh, God. That's why not, nowadays I used to be a person who read, like, um, like everything about a film before it came out. I used to be, like, all into the magazines and reading everything about it. And now it's like I'm most of the time I won't even look at trailers because it's like it's right. not that I mind spoilers so much. It's just more like I know I'm going to see the thing. I can enjoy it fresh, and then afterwards I can just go and look into all the stuff. Right, that's how I am. Yeah, it's just because you just know, like, well, if you look into it, it's probably you're probably going to go into it knowing 
literally everything about it because mm-hmm. the information will be out there well ahead of time. But right. Oh no, anyway, I think we went well, off on like bootleg copies of the movie that just get out into the wild yeah. and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> that was my favorite thing about in in the in meme culture recently is the fact that like you know the Ben Swallow meme from the Last Jedi, like the Kylo Ren standing without his shirt on. That mm-hmm. became a meme while the film was still in theaters because obviously someone just took a pirated shot from right. like a, a ripped version. And then that became this massive meme. And then the best thing was is that Lucasfilm officially released an image of it to be like, here you go, folks. You can do whatever you want with it. And the world still just made it with the old pirated With the image. grainy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's better. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's funnier this way. So yeah, it's like, well, we don't want your official release, Lucasfilm. Keep it to yourself. Well, it's like people recutting the throne room scene from the, the climax of the movie to all these different songs. That was being done with pirated footage first, too. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Where do people get all this stuff? <laughs> the internet. It's a magical place. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for joining us again today, Niall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no problem at all. <laughs> As we continue to talk about everything but the minute. We talked about the minute. Yeah. And then we talked about everything but for Whatever. a while. Uh, they know what to expect. So you should go check out Niall and his co-host on Bat Minute. Yeah. Just type that into your search bar. It ought to come up. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you enjoy me going off in little tangents there, we do that a lot over in Bat Minute. So. <laughs> I'm actually, you have just as much stuff to go off on tangents about because, I mean, you also have all the various toys and the what if universes and Batman comics. And there's all kinds of places to go when you're talking about Batman. We have one actually coming up. Uh, I'm not too sure when this episode, when this will air, but in the upcoming week of Batman, we have a week recorded with uh, one of our like recurring guests, Stephanie. And at the time of recording, she was uh, nine months pregnant. And it's like, there's three hours of stuff to cut. And it's like, she was there not to talk about the movie because she was just in such a mental state of like, I am here to vent about everything. <laughs> and the entire first episode of that week is just like, there's barely a mention of anything that's going on on screen. That's so funny. <laughs> it's, just, it's just her. And we're just like, hey, who are we to, to tell her to stop venting? <laughs> we're just like, yeah, by, by all means, it's just endless rants about this and that. And towards the end, it's just I'm me and John laughing. I'm not going to tell a nine-month pregnant woman to be quiet. That is, <laughs> yeah. that is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> At the end, it's just bits of me and John's laughing, going like, yeah, well, so we've covered all these topics. Let's talk about the minute. <laughs> it's funny. So uh, if you'd like to listen to other Dueling Genre shows, uh, specifically Movies by Minute podcasts, uh, go to DuelingGenre.com. There's a little drop down. You can find uh, Jane Silent Bob Minute, Rocky Minute, Back to the Future Minute, Cornetto Minute, it's Spider-Man back. Minute. Uh, Harry Potter Minute, Ferris mm-hmm. Bueller Minute. There's a whole bunch of them. There's, there's a big old drop down. And how. Uh, as always, have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Minute 214. Woo. The last full minute of movie footage. <laughs> Bye. Bye.